It's the SGPN Fantasy Football Podcast on the Sports Gambling Podcast Network, brought to you by Shady Rays. The SGPN team is teaming up with Shady Rays for Shady May. Get 50% off your Shady Rays using promo code SGPN. Then go to sportsgamblingpodcast.com backslash Shady for your chance to win $500. And we also, oh, whoa, Brad looking sharp. We got a message. Uh, Everyone like, comment, but don't forget. Go ahead. Hit that subscriber button. And uh, we're off. So I uh, appreciate you guys on that one. So a little stage fright. So with with Shady Rays, everyone's wearing them. We're getting ready for the summer. Don't forget about Mother's Day. Don't forget about the blue light glasses. She's got some aviators. But let's get into it. Today's show, we're going to talk about ADP. And specifically rookies. Rookie drafts are upon us. And in your rookie drafts, it's not just the rookies. You're trading back. You're collecting picks from next year. You can get veterans. There's a lot of different things you can do. So we're going to talk about what the ADP is because it took a little while for the ADP to kind of shake out. If you did your, you know, you did your drafts on Sunday, you probably uh, didn't have accurate ADP um, Sunday after the draft. It's it's definitely more accurate now. Hopefully your your drafts have caught up. And you're going to have future drafts. So we want to kind of talk a little bit about this. We're also going to talk about some rookie trades. Some, you know, if you don't like to pick, where what can you do to pivot out of there? If you're, you know, someone someone's really interested in trading into the back of the first. And, uh, and Brad, what else we got on schedule for today? Uh, maybe some crunching goldfish in the background. There we that's go. Possible. Uh, maybe a little bit of Sonic. Cause that's what he's watching while we're while we're podcasting. But hey, look, you talked about ADP, you talked about trades. We might reference a few new articles that are out, written by yours truly up above me here, Dynasty Dorks. Uh, maybe a little article that was put out by Emerson around some startup drafts and things like that, or rookie drafts. We'll be referencing. Hey, we've done how many rookie drafts up to this point, Dave? Uh, so there's a good chance we might reference some of those while we're going through ADP. And then maybe a little icing on the cake. We may be releasing a separate pod that's got a beat reporter for the Denver Broncos, which I'm very excited about. We're going to be trying to get more of these beat reporters on, talking about their team and the offseason that they had, things to look for, a little bit more from a football mindset than just purely dynasty fantasy football. Absolutely. And so let's start out with the ADP. First round ADP. You have B. John Robinson, Anthony Richardson, Bryce Young, C.J. Stroud. This is super flex. Jameer Gibbs, Jackson Smith and Jigba, Jordan Addison, Quentin Johnston, Zay Jones, and then Dalton Kincaid. And so if you're in your drafts, personally, I, I've seen this pretty much copy and paste for the top seven. And I, I don't think there's really a huge debate between Jordan Addison and Quentin Johnston, but I do know there is a debate there. And people are, are really kind of figuring out who they want. 
There's also Will Levis, you know, the last quarterback on the board. You also, you know, you know, you have, um, you know, the running backs, you know, you see a big gap between the running backs here. So Brad, what's your, what's your thoughts here? Are you thinking the same thing? There's a tier gap between seven and eight. Yeah, we've definitely talked about the tier gap, right? We mentioned if you listen a couple episodes ago, that seven being kind of the spot. Some people having Quentin Johnston, some people having Jordan Addison, and that's really kind of the argument. Do you prefer Jordan Addison, who is likely always going to be the number two option for the Minnesota Vikings behind Justin Jefferson versus Quentin Johnston, a little bit more raw prospect, but has the opportunity to be the alpha for the Los Angeles Chargers in a year or two whenever Keenan Allen ages out, whenever Mike Williams ages out, and Quentin Johnston is the guy. He profiles to be that alpha. So I do think it's a very fair conversation. Uh, I could see both sides of the argument. I'm an Addison guy myself just because I think he's set up a little bit more for success from an offensive perspective and from a skill set perspective, but I definitely wouldn't argue with guys who have Quentin Johnston ahead of him. But to me, that's definitely the clear tier break right now in their first round. Yeah. And I had someone like right before the show, ask me a question. He said, if I'm a competing team and who, who would you pick? And, you know, at the 110, 111, you know, Zay flowers or blah, blah, blah. And I said, honestly, someone at the 110, 111 is not going to win you the ship. I would trade the pick. And so I'm either trading for a 24 first and then using that as ammo at the trade deadline, or I am going to trade for a veteran player. But I told him my best advice for anyone before trading 2024 picks, be patient and wait until the trade deadline. You do not want to get to the trade deadline and realize you are not a contender. You do not have your 2024 first, and now you cannot rebuild. You may feel like a contender right now because probably 10 teams feel like they're a contender right now. And you may be, but you also may be a pretender. You also may, you may run into some injuries and things like that. But the last thing you want is to trade a 2024 first and have a Cam Akers situation where a guy tears his Achilles two weeks later and you're like, crap. I don't, you know, so trade this 110, get a 2024 first. Use it for ammo at the trade deadline, or you can always use it to rebuild or use it for next year to, to load up in, in a situation. So, so Brad, the, the other, you know, dilemma here is, you know, um, you're looking at Gibbs. I've seen Gibbs go as early as three. If you, if you don't need a quarterback, are you not getting cute trading back? Are you going to go, go for it? Cause if you, you know, okay, I'm going to trade back to five and get Gibbs and then he's gone. No, I'm going to take the quarterback there. Well, I'll use the quarterback as the leverage to trade back, right? If I, if I am not a quarterback needy team, I too, just like you, I don't know if it was the same, maybe we're talking about the same league, but I watched Jameer Gibbs and JSN go off before CJ Stroud and Bryce Young. So it went Bijan, Anthony Richardson, J- uh, Jameer Gibbs, then JSN. And I was like, what? what is, like CJ Stroud just fell in my lap. And I had two starting quarterbacks with my third being Ryan Tannehill. And I'm like, I was not planning on taking CJ Stroud here, but you can't pass that value up. Quarterbacks, especially in Superflex, pull so much value. You can do one of two things. You can take that pick and smash it and then move him during the offseason when the hype is building, 
you know, they're in training camp and he looks great and this and that. Or you can do that in draft trade where you move down to that 106, 107 and you add future assets if you choose to go that route as well. I really think it'd be a win-win regardless. And it really depends on your league. Some leagues are more active on the trade market than others. So you just kind of have to know your league on whether or not, hey, am I going to get more value out of trade down? Or am I going to get value out of making this pick and then trading the player later on? Yeah, and, and I, I love the Kincaid part here. Um, but Kincaid or Will Levis at the 10 spot? Oh, Will Levis for me all day long. Yeah, and, and I, I'm I'm taking Kincaid. Um, part of it, you know, and I can I can make an argument for both, but there's such a positional value with tight ends as well. And it's not that I think either of them is gonna be great this year, but He's a top 10 dynasty tight end already. And tight, I mean, if you're your tight end currently is Dalton Schultz or David Njoku, you might need another option. And and yeah, like he may not be what you want him to be year one, but he's also got some pretty big upside. But I can get behind the Will Levis pick as well. That's why they're back to back. I get Devin A chain at the uh Will Levis at the 11, Devin A chain at 12, Kendra Miller at 13, Zach Charbonnet at 14. Uh, we have Michael Mayer at 15. I thought I was getting shushed. Jonathan, <laughs> no, Jonathan no, no, no. Mango at 16. Josh Downs at 17. Ty J Spears at 18. We got Roshan Johnson at 19. And we have Hennon Hooker at 20. So, Brad, what sticks out at the top for you? Uh, the fall for Zach Charbonnet is just kind of heartbreaking, right? I, I think he got a landing spot that's, uh, you know, I think good for the team, but not necessarily good for us as fantasy football players, right? And you kind of see that drop. We saw him a lot at the 109. I think the 110 was kind of the lock when we were doing our mock drafts early on. And now you see him fall into that second round because of the landing spot and having to share the backfield with uh, uh, Kenneth Walker Jr. And then you see the rise of Kendra Miller in that premier landing spot in New Orleans. Now, I think you are probably going to have to wait a year, right? Uh, I think you've got Jamal Williams there on that one-year deal that's going to eat up that that. Uh, you know, he's a team-friendly guy. Everybody builds around him. You saw that in Detroit uh, over the last couple seasons, and I think you're going to see that in New Orleans, too. He is that guy they're going to rely on in the red zone for some touchdowns. And, you 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 know, there's some looming stuff out there with Alvin Kamara and whether or not he's going to get a suspension or not. But I do think you're going to have to wait a year to really see the value come back on Kendra Miller. Uh, so those are the two that kind of jump out at me at the top end of this, this list of 10 right now. Yeah, and, and let us know what you think about that. And before we go into the next players, I want to make sure to talk about Shady Rays and Shady May. Uh, Shady Rays is teaming up with SGPN with Shady May. Not only do you get an amazing 50% off, you can also have a chance to win $500. Shady Rays has you covered from the sun to the slopes with premium polarized shades, customizable snow goggles, and much more. Talked about the blue light glasses. Shady Rays have durable frames and extremely clear optics for outdoor adventures. That's not all. Shady Rays offers the most insane protection in all eyewear. Every pair of sunglasses is backed by lost and broken replacements. If you lose or break your pair, even on day one, they told us they will send you a brand new pair. No questions asked. Wear your Shady Rays with confidence because they have your back long after the purchase. If you don't love them, exchange for, a, exchange for a free new pair within 30 days. There's no risk when you shop with Shady Rays. Their team always has your back. Go to ShadyRays.com and use SGPN for 50% off two plus pairs of polarized sunglasses. Then take your receipt to sportsgamblingpodcast.com back to the shady for your chance to win $500. 
cash shady may contest. All right, Brad. So did you, did you have any trades for that end of the first round pick? Yeah, I do. So let's pull that up. So I'll start with kind of, you know, this is, I saw it and I initially did not want to talk about it because I thought it was crazy, but maybe this Anthony Richardson hype is that legitimate. There was a trade that went down for the 102 and the return was the 105, a 2024 second, and brace yourself, Drake London for the 102. I'm t- if that is the return that you can get for a running back playing the quarterback position, I'm smashing that all day long, right? I, I think that's a huge value that you can get out of that pick right now. And I just couldn't pass it up that, hey, look, the hype is real behind AR right now. So if this is the kind of value you can get, we said it about Bijan at the 101 and the value he was bringing. We told a lot of people, hey, you got to be in a very specific scenario to be worth, to make it worth drafting Bijan Robinson based on what he's pulling. And AR may be closing that gap a little bit. Yeah, no, it, it is. And, you know, and, and, we all like we all have our evaluations and whether you like or dislike the player, this is you know, this is where you're gonna like it's obviously this is gonna be a little bit easier of a deal for Brad because he does not believe in Anthony Richardson. And, and <laughs> this like is true. this is true. Um, so he was smashing that with just like for the 105 and a second, he probably would have took it. Drake London was like an extra, an extra like huge value yeah that ain't even icing that's like cream cheese icing maybe some chocolate sprinkles on top there's a whole lot on top of that but it's it's a great it's a great um you know it's a great way to to talk about the the value of that pick and if you think those guys are close don't take just the first offer see what other people got on the table be patient i don't care if the chat has hitman with a whole bunch of gifts about how he's waiting and waiting and waiting just go and, and and make your team make the most out of your picks. It's the end at the end of the day. Um, any others, Brad? Yeah, absolutely. So uh, you know the 106, 107 is a popular place as well, right? There were a lot of trades. There were a couple I think are interesting uh, for the 106. So there was the 106 straight up for Tyree Kill, which I think is uh, interesting. You know, you're looking at that JSN Jameer Gibbs territory depending on where they fall in your rookie draft or the 106 for Calvin Ridley and George Kittle. So again, another example of this rookie hype in in during the draft most likely just pulling enormous value. So what do you think about those Dave? 106 for Tyree Kill straight up or the 106 for George Kittle and Calvin Ridley. Yeah, I mean if you're I, I like the JSN side in that one, to be be honest. But I do think that you need to do your homework before the draft. You need to be making some phone calls, DMing people. Hey, man, are you selling? Are you buying? All that stuff. Because yep. you want to know who's looking to move up, who's looking down. We all know how it is. You get on the clock, and then you say, hey, this pick's on the block. Nobody responds. Nobody responds. And then you just end up making a pick because you just didn't get a response from anybody. People are at work. People got lives going on. Do your homework before the draft. Hey, man, draft's coming up. Are you looking to move up, move down? 
But I will say this about the six, about the seven, I am moving up. So I moved up in our league where I moved up from the 109. I paid 212 and 109. I got 107 plus uh, 307. And I was able to move up and get Addison. I, I feel like this is a draft where you want to go quality over quantity. It's nice to be like, man, look at all these guys I drafted. And you got a taxi squad full of third round picks. But if you can go up and get like the draft that I had, I was very happy with my draft. I also tried that draft was, was pretty epic. I probably had about 30 trades, but <laughs> it was quite a few. Yeah. I ended up with Bryce young and Dalton Kincaid and Jordan Addison and, and a slew of other players. And yeah, I felt just really good about the value that I got at the top. Then I got my quantity later. So um, with this, I, I think that, you know, I'm going to go with JSN over those guys. I don't know what's going on in San Francisco. Kittle was very up and down. He was very good at the end of the year last year, um, but he's getting a little bit older. Calvin Ridley, we haven't seen him play in two years. I feel like it's, you know, it's a good win now move, but if it doesn't pan out, this trade's going to look really bad in two or three years when JSN is a top 15, top 20 dynasty receiver every single year. And your guys are pretty much, you know, like could be out of league. Like there's, there's, there's a world where that happens. Kittle's yep. a little older. Calvin Ridley, he's got, you know, off the field stuff with his mental health. And uh, you haven't seen him play in two years. So um, let's, uh, let's move to round two. Um, and before we do that, I, I do want to make sure to talk about Talkify. Um, intro ideas. Uh, life is full of what ifs. So if you're trying something, when it comes to dating, Talkify is a new way to meet other serious singles. What if the, the they help you find what you're looking for? Are you having a hard time meeting great people to date? Uh, why do you why do you keep trying the same methods over and over and over? That's insanity. It's time to say goodbye to swiping and bring back the human touch of dating with Talkify. Confidence is key when it comes to dating, but if you struggle to find worthwhile connections, it can be difficult. If you feel your best, if if you feel your best when meeting new people with Talkify, you feel confident when you're meeting new special a new special someone who who is picked just for you. Talkify is is the country's number one modern matchmaking service that is designed to help you achieve relationship success. Their trusted compatible specialists handheld uh, handheld hand select successful and compelling candidates so you can date consciously and productively. Here's how how it works: the Talkify matchmakers meet meet with you to learn about you and what you're looking for in a partner. Then they select select and screen potential match candidates for you, doing background checks, video interviews, and asking tough questions that are often too awkward for first dates. From there, your matchmaker plans your date instructions, introductions, and handles all communications, instructions too maybe, uh, creating a safe and stress-free dating experience. Talkify is committed to finding your match. 80% of clients met their person within their first 12 matches. And right now, Talkify is offering our listeners 20% off when you become a client at Talkify.com backslash SGP. That's Talkify.com backslash SGP for 20% off when you become a client. Talkify.com backslash SGPN. SGPN. All right. Well, um, let's talk about some matches here. So in the second round, Brad has some, you know, some possible dating options for you. And so I want to say, are you, we're not swiping here because it's Talkify. Are you going to go out with Devin A-Chain or Kendra Miller? Or Zach Charbonnet? Yeah. Okay. So, so my heart says Zach Charbonnet, right? 
sometimes your heart leads you down a rough path. Yeah, he's, he's... and I think that might be where I'm at with Zach Charbonnet. I just think the upside goes with what I talked about earlier in Kendra Miller. I think he's the guy that has the most opportunity to be the lead back, no questions asked. When you think about what that running back room looks like in New Orleans between Alvin Kamara and the looming suspension and Jamal Williams uh, as well, and a team that wants to run the ball. Uh, whereas Devin Chain, you're looking at, you know, okay, Raheem Moster, Jeff Wilson, He's a smaller back. They can find themselves taking a bigger back later on, and he's relegated to kind of a satellite-type situation. That's not something I want to be in either. And Zach Charbonnet, like I talked about, he's splitting carry. Best-case scenario is 50-50 with Kenneth Walker, which can can give you good dynasty or give you good fantasy football production, but not like an alpha in Kendra Miller in that situation that I think could come as early as next season. So right now, out of these three, I'm going to take my shot at Kendra Miller. Yeah, and Kendra Miller is 20. He'll be 21. Um, he's a very young player, and he played well young. You like that early breakout age. And uh, like you said, that situation in New Orleans could change pretty quickly if Alvin Kamara were to get suspended or, or you get a situation where he's traded, let's say at the deadline or before the season. They get news that it's only going to be a two-game suspension. And then, boom, Alvin Kamara's out of town. They got Kendra Miller. And, uh, you know, he could be the back for the future there. I think there's a very good path, a quicker path for him taking over the backfield than the other guys. And for me, A-Chain is interesting. I put a, a, a tweet out and said, how many touches do you think Devin A-Chain is going to get? And I know some people said, you know, 8 to 10. Some people said 7 to, you know, uh, 5 to 10. But a, there was a majority of people saying 10 to 15. And I was like, I don't think you realize how many touches that is. 15 touches. Brad and I had a conversation on the show about Ramondre Stevenson. And we talked about how 15 was kind of like, that's the cutoff for like what you're looking for, for a top back. You of course want to get that 20 number, but 15 is kind of the cutoff, especially if there's catches and targets involved. But do we really think that a chain is going to get that kind of work? Not only is this a pass-heavy offense, but this is also a back that that has 185 pounds. There's just no real examples out there of relevance. You have, you know, backs under a under 200 pounds that have got a thousand yards. Philip Lindsay, um, you're not looking at much. I mean, you had James Cook last year had a he had I think the tenth best season for a running back under uh, 200 pounds. And he had like 50 fantasy points. So it, it's it's just important to level expectations. I'm not saying that he's going to be a bust, but I just don't know if I just don't, I think it's too rich to take him in the first round and that's where he's going. And yeah, uh, with, with Charbonnet, I do think that you could see that 50, 50, but uh, I, I just today, I think he's been punished enough. I think, you know, after you've got to, to like sink in, he got the draft capital we want. He's a good running back, and I mean, he's he's a good player. And yep. as much as I like Kenneth Kenneth Walker, Charbonnet's you know he's he's a good player in his own right. And uh, you know Walker wasn't necessarily a starter last year when Rashad Penny was there. Brad, what are your thoughts about Jonathan Mingo and Josh Downs? 
Yeah, I, so, you know, to me, Josh Downs, this is higher than I've seen him going right now. So I've seen Josh Downs going in that 211 to 212, sometimes even in the early third round. This has Josh Downs going off at what it looks like 817 uh, right now, which is that 205 spot. Uh, that's that's not really where I've seen him go in mine. Um, but to me, he's the best talent out of these guys right now. I think he goes to the best offense uh, with some established play callers, with some uh, you know an established run game where that could be detrimental to him because he's not getting huge volume. I just think he's going to a better overall situation. Whereas Jonathan Mingo, um, he's that chain mover guy, right? I, I don't think he's going to be this guy that gives you big explosive plays downfield or anything like that. But he goes into a situation where, okay, well, I mean, who's he competing with? Adam Thielen, Zay, Zay Jones, right, is who they brought in? No, DJ Shark. DJ Shark, that's who it was. DJ Shark, same, same. Uh, DJ Shark, you know, Terrace Marshall, Shy Smith, who I loved a couple years ago coming out. And, and you know, there's not – it's kind of open for him, right? Uh, but I'm going to go with who I had a little bit higher – uh, in my pre-draft rankings, go into a good situation with a rookie quarterback that he can grow with in Josh Downs and Anthony Richardson. So, so for me, it's Downs. Yeah, and you know, uh, so with you know with Mingo, he's interesting because he doesn't have the production that Downs has. Downs was way more productive in college, and I really like the landing spot for both. Um, they both got good draft capital. Mingo was higher draft capital. And Mingo is the only real long-term option there. DJ Chark, one-year deal. Adam Thielen, one-year deal. LaVisca Chenault's on the last year of his deal. Terrace Marshall's got two years left. Hayden Hurst, one- or two-year deal. And so they've patchworked a, you know, a team together, but you don't really have anyone that, other than Mingo that's clear. And so I want to know where Mingo's going to play because right now I believe our lads has Adam Thielen in the slot. And if Adam Thielen's in the slot, that's really going to hurt Mingo because that's where he's played. If they move him outside, he's big enough to do so, 6'2", 220 pounds. But is he going to be able to win outside? Because he didn't really do it in college. He won on the inside, but again, it's primarily where he played. So we don't. I'm not saying he can't do it. I'm just saying he hasn't done it much. Yeah, it's interesting because while the production that, that you want to see from these big wide receivers, and, and I don't mean like size big, like high-end, high-draft capital wide receivers is not what you saw from Jonathan Mingo. But if you go and you look at our DGN score, he was the third-rated analytical wide receiver out of everybody. When you look at the combine score and his production metric, his opportunity, his draft capital, all of these things kind of fed into really quite a an interesting to see him come out behind only Quentin Johnston and JSN as the third receiver in that rating. So does that mean, hey, what we saw on tape and kind of his utilization, maybe it's, it's misguided a little bit. Who knows? Uh, but I, I just I like what I saw on tape a little bit more. So so that analytical piece though is is definitely there for Mingo. Yeah, and and Josh Downs will go straight to the slot. It'll be him and John and, and Isaiah McKenzie, the Gardner Minshew, or Anthony Richardson to start. But I think Richardson's going to start pretty early based on what the quarterbacks are saying. I'm not sure if you saw the press conferences, Brad, but 
basically uh, what Shane Steichen said was our quarterback's not going to learn. He's not going to learn from the sideline. And so that tells me he's going to play pretty early. Um, We got Ty J Spears. And so I was listening to, uh, to a podcast today and they were a little bit more bullish on Spears and his ability to take over the backfield as soon as next year. I know that we, I have concerns and I've had concerns for months about the knee injuries popping up as an issue. Well, he's already got arthritis in the knee. He's got some um, thickness in the, uh, and he's got basically no ACL. It hasn't hurt him at all. He's been an extremely productive player the last two years in a row. And one of the most fun players in this draft. If he were to be, you know, there's already Derrick Henry rumors this offseason. If Ty J. Spears is the starting running back for the Tennessee Titans next year, we could be missing the boat by letting him fall down the board this far, even though, yeah, he's going to have a shorter career. He may only, you know, go through his first contract. But some of these running backs, they don't even do anything for any of their contracts. You go and draft them in the second round, and they never even pop. And so... Um, what are your thoughts here about Ty J Spears? He's going at the 18 spot. Is that early enough for you to take him? Or are you still waiting? No, I think that's a good spot with kind of the medicals given the way they are. Now there are instances of players who had long careers with that kind of medical evaluation on the knee, whether it be no ACL or arthritis or whatever. But we've also seen guys like Todd Gurley, whose career completely fell apart with arthritis and the knees and degenerative knee issues. So which one do we get? I don't know. But I think with the hype of Ty J Spears going into the draft, there was some concern that this guy could roll into the back end of the first round and I, that's a little too rich for me with a guy who's tore both of his ACLs. Now you look at him, he's in the middle of the second round. I'm definitely interested if he falls to me and I'm a running back needy team because as soon as he pops off, he's a sell candidate. Boom, let's get rid of him, right? Yeah, and, and you go and you get more than what you paid for him right off the bat. Yeah, he didn't tear both ACLs, tore the ACL twice in his left knee. Um, so Brad, any trades in the second round? Uh, no, I didn't do anything in the second, but I, I will touch on a couple that I looked at in the back end of the first, the 111 and 112, because really the 111 has a couple interesting things. We saw Jerry Judy go straight up for the 111, and we saw DeAndre Swift go straight up for the 111. To me, I'm taking Jerry Judy and I'm taking the DeAndre Swift side. Dave, where are you at in that in that pick? Yeah, I would do that. I, I would take the I would take the one um I would take the, the player over the 111. I think yep. the 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 110 to 202, 203 range is where I'm trading back. I'm trading up into the top seven, but I'd rather trade back because I feel like you can get a lot of good players here. Some players that aren't even listed yet that I would consider. At the yep. end of this, you know, I would consider it the 18, 19 spot that aren't listed. Yep. But, um, yeah, if you can get two of them, then, yeah, let's do it. Because I just feel like this is a big tier. And if I could walk away with, you know, instead of getting Zay Flowers, I end up getting Zach Charbonnet and Tajay Spears or Zach Charbonnet and Marvin Mims or, or, or Jaden Reed. I'm very yep. happy. Um, so, you know, when you look at it, yeah, Rosh- Roshan Johnson next. And, He's another player. And so this is this is something they talked about on the show was the dynasty fantasy footballers. And they talked about how 
like if you're only going to allow like top three round draft capital to mean anything to you in the past, of course you're going to have that, but like you continue to see running backs other than, you know, B. John Robinson and Jameer Gibbs get devalued. You're, you're really kind of excluding a whole lot of running backs. And you saw it last year. Rashad White went in day three. Damian Pierce went on day three. Tyler Algier went on day three. There was, I'm probably missing somebody. There was multiple running backs. Ramondre Stevenson the year before. You had James Robinson going undrafted. Are, are you going to take uh, a you know running back that goes in the seventh round over a running back that went in the second round? No. But running, like, day, day three draft capital is, is something that, in the past, we've slapped on somebody and said no for a lot of reasons. One, they're probably never going to make the field. Number two, they're going to be easily replaced. I will say that the easily replaced is still there. You saw Tyler Algier was on fire. He's done. <laughs> James Robinson, done. And But we thought Damian Pierce and Rashad White could get, you know, heavy competition. They really didn't. And so – um you never know with this stuff, but like Rashawn Johnson going there to the Bears, what do you think about that? I mean, he's with Khalil Herbert, he's with uh, he's with Deonta Foreman, and uh, you got Justin Fields running the ball a lot too. Yeah, I mean, I'm I'm perfectly happy taking Rashawn Johnson right after Zach Charbonnet, uh, after Miller, I'd take him before a chain, uh, before Mayor Mingo down Spears, like I'd move him way up this list, and really. There's a couple reasons behind it. One is, right, we talked about the DGEN score for the wide receivers. Uh, the production, the analytical production score that kind of feeds into that DGEN score for Roshan Johnson, he was the second best running back in that model this season, in the 2022 season. He was the third best running back in that model last season. Both seasons. I'm not saying he is better than this player, but both seasons from an analytical perspective, he finished higher than B. John Robinson. So the analytics are there. You go and you watch the tape. The tape is there as well. The draft capital, maybe not so much, but the other key, the key for guys like Elijah Mitchell, the key for guys like Tyler Algier is the opportunity. And the currently... The Chicago Bears have two running backs ahead of Roshan Johnson, both of which are on one-year deals. Khalil Herbert, last year of his rookie deal, they bring in uh, Deonta Foreman on a one-year deal. The opportunity is there for Roshan to come in and, quite frankly, make Deonta Foreman an afterthought this year and then turn around and take that backfield for the Chicago Bears, Bear, Bears, the Chicago Bears next year. So I think he's a guy. That's why I'm happy moving him up this board right now. Well, it's five o'clock somewhere, Brad. And <laughs> uh, uh, yeah, like one thing I, I talked about on the podcast was, you know, a lot of people look at you know the bye weeks and they circle that for like, okay, that's when the quarterback change is going to happen. Last year we saw running backs come in and you saw fresh legs. And so James Cook and Rashad White and Tyler Algier and all those guys, they really took over their backfield at the end of the season. And and that's where you could see someone like Rashawn Johnson, where they're like, all right, we're, we're going to move on. He's going to be our, our, our back. 
knowing that these other guys are not going to be here next year. We want to see what we got with him. Cause if not, you know, obviously they're, they're going to look at the, the, you know, look to replace him, but they're also going to want to get him some, some experience. So uh, anyone else in this, this run you want to talk about or go to the next? Um, no. Yeah. I think, I think that's good. I did. I did go ahead and pull up some second round trades uh, using the same software we were doing before. If you want to go through a few of those, of course. Um, so I, th- I think this is an interesting one. We're looking at Kadarius Tony going for the two Oh nine. A um, little later than the guys that we've talked about, but is that a move? You know, you see some reports coming out around Kadarius Tony has been identified by the Kansas City Chiefs as the one in the offense. So feels like it's a little early to make that determination, but who am I to capitalize on Kadarius Tony in the news? So how about you, Dave? Yeah, I, I it's so funny because I heard uh, I was listening to Dynasty Rewind and they were talking about. Um, Mike, uh, went and got, uh, Sky Moore for 208. And so like everybody is going to plant their flag and maybe no one's going to be right or someone's going to nail it. And so you're going to, you're, you know, you could, you could see, so you could apparently get, you know, uh, 208 for Sky Moore, 209 for Kadarius Tony. And you know who you're drafting at the 207 for she rice. <laughs> and so, I mean, uh, it would have been better if he was actually at 207 on the sheet, but like I've seen Rasheed Rice going higher than this. I saw Rasheed Rice go at 111. Um, he's he's creeping up the boards, and so nonsense. I just I'm staying away from it. I feel like you know that whole like uh, what's the gif? It's a trap um, with the Chiefs. It's just I'm out. And there's Tony as a Giants fan. I, I had that experience. I I ran. Rode that ride. I'm, I'm done. <laughs> We've seen that movie, and I don't like how it ends. Um, yeah. So, uh, yeah, I, I I would rather these picks because, like I said, there's receivers that are still on the board here that I would take way over Kadarius Tony. I don't care if he had first round draft capital because the guy calling the shots that drafted him in the first round, he he's no longer a GM in the NFL. Yeah. So, yeah, so, so I think this might be a good one. You're looking at guys like Roshan Johnson and Hendon Hooker around that 208 draft pick. Would you rather have Roshan Johnson or Hendon Hooker or at the 208, or would you rather have Amari Cooper, a guy 29 years, 28, 29 years old, the alpha wide receiver in the Cleveland Browns offense? Where, where are you at there? Is it situational depending on your team? Or I would take Cooper you- if I'm a contender. If I'm not, then I'm going to go the younger guy. Yeah. Um, and I would take Roshan over Hendon Hooker. I, I like it breaks my heart. Uh, you, you got Zach Charbonnet broke yours. Hendon Hooker broke mine. Yeah. I mean, you don't see it, but I got a, I got a, I love Hendon Hooker tattoo right here and, uh, I got to get it removed. Uh, I'm just kidding. Uh, I'm still going to keep that until, uh, he's the starter of the lions, but I just, I don't know, man. It's, I'd rather take the sure thing and, and Amari Cooper then take the the chances on those guys at this point. Um, if I'm a contender, if I'm not, I'm going to take the younger guys. Cause like I said, there's some guys on the board that haven't gone yet that I'm pretty high on. Yep. And that's where you're seeing a lot of these mid to late second round trades going down. There's another 210 for Keenan Allen, right? So very similar, but a little bit different than the Amari Cooper move, right? You move that later second round pick, mid to late second round pick for a veteran wide receiver that might have one or two years left. You see the 206 for Khalil Herbert. 
right? How do you want to, you know, would you rather have Roshan Johnson or Khalil Herbert, right? There are those Herbert truthers out there saying he's the guy. So do you take advantage of that situation and whatnot? So that's a lot of what you're seeing in the mid to late second are guys going and, and getting their veteran addition to make their dynasty roster a little bit more of a competing roster moving into the 2023 season. I made a trade right before the show kicked off. I traded 303 plus AJ Dillon for 205 and I got Marvin Mims. I love it. And, and I, I just was ready to move on. I got super, I got super deep running back depth. Uh, you know, I'm about six deep at the running back position and I wanted to get a receiver and I'm just not really an AJ Dillon guy. Marvin Mims is right there. The devil. And, and so at 205, they were talking about him on the podcast. Uh, you know, it was the Fantasy Football's Dynasty Dynasty uh, podcast. They're talking Marvin Mims. And, you know, the Denver Broncos, they didn't have a lot of draft picks. And they still used their first pick on a receiver. And this is Sean Payton's selection. Sean Payton who also is, is known for having the Lance Moore, Brandon Cooks, Devery Henderson type, a big play guy. There's also rumors that Cortland Sutton can be moved on from. And that doesn't necessarily mean it happens this year, which it could. But if Cortland Sutton is moved on from, Marvin Mims is going to be, you're going to wish you took him in the first round. And, I mean, the, I, I comped him to T.Y. Hilton. But when they were talking about him on the show and his, not only his ball tracking, but his um, body control, they were like, I, I know this is blasphemous, but this is like Odell Beckham, kind of a, a playmaker. This guy averaged 20 yards a catch and he's not a big guy, but as far as like just sticky, sticky hands and as far as someone that can get in and out of breaks, He's not a straight line sprinter like some of these other guys, like Bryce Ford Wheaton. He's, you know, he blew the combine up. Yeah, he's a straight line speed guy like a Kevin White. This guy is a route runner. This guy has good hands and he's got sick body control. You know, if he was a little bigger, then he would have gone a little, little higher in the draft. But uh, I'm a big fan of Marvin Mims. And if I can get him in the middle of the second round, uh, for me, I'm trading out of 110. I would rather get. Marvin Mims and a 24 second than I would my guy Zay Flowers or some of these other guys we talked about, you know, Michael Mayer or, you know, uh, Hennon Hooker, Rashawn Johnson. Give me Marvin Mims plus. You're on mute, buddy. I love that. I made several moves in the rookie drafts that I've been in and completed already uh, to get Marvin Mims in the late second, early third in a few situations. Guys moving the Rasheed Rice's up above them, Jalen Hyatt up above them, Luke Musgrave up above. So being able to take advantage of that fall a little bit and be able to get a guy in Marvin Mims who very well could be one of the favorite targets for Russell Wilson in that Denver Broncos offense. We've kind of talked about it before. Is he that Tyler Lockett type of player for Russell Wilson uh, Dave, you've brought up the fact that Sean Payton's always had a guy like this in his offense that has produced at a fantasy football level. And I think Marvin Mims is quite possibly one of the better ones, probably closer to Brandon Cooks than some of those other guys. Uh, so I, I love the Marvin Mims pick, and I'm ended up with quite a bit of him because people are letting him fall right now. 
Yeah, and you know, you were the first one to really get me on to Marvin Mims, but the more I listened to it, and I was like, man, this guy likes him. Matt Miller likes him, Move the Sticks likes him, Bucky Bro. I mean, everybody likes this guy. And then just the more and more I watched, I was like, man, this guy is just you want to watch some fun highlight tapes. This guy's got him, but it's not even just that. He's just he's a I like route runners, and I think this guy can have an impact early. Speaking of early impact, Tank Bigsby. Tank Bigsby is gonna, he's gonna probably hurt your Travis Etienne shares more than we'd like to admit, but he's not gonna kill them. Tank Bigsby is not gonna go in and steal Travis Etienne's job, but he is a good player and he is going to earn touches. And if Etienne ever were to go down, he's gonna have a great spot and he can do it all. He he's not necessarily a prolific pass catcher but he is a good runner and this guy's got some real, real speed and he's on one of the best offenses in the league. And so, so tank Bigsby is another one. You got Rasheed Rice, Jaden Reed, Sam Laporta, Jalen Hyatt, Chase Brown, Luke Musgrave, Cedric Tillman, and Zach Evans, you know, the middle of the, you know, this is the early between the second and the third, that little turn there, it gets a little weaker. Um, but I really like what you can get the value in the end of the second round. Any of those guys you want to talk about, Brad? Yeah. I mean, I think the guys at the bottom of the screen are the ones that I really like, right? I think the value is there for Cedric Tillman, a guy that could quite possibly be the alpha in the Cleveland Browns offense, looking at what Amari Cooper's contract looks like. And after the 2023 season and Zach Evans, a guy quite possibly one of the most explosive, if not the most explosive running back out of this class and he falls into a situation where <laughs> look is cam Akers the guy are they gonna lean on cam a- can cam Akers stay healthy like he finds himself in a really nice location the problem is that draft capital it is extremely late but those are the two guys that i really like out of this list really at the bottom you can get them early to mid third round uh, I tried to move into the 308, I believe it was today, to try to get Zach Evans. Uh, and a guy, I couldn't even move Mike Williams for that pick. Uh, so it, it is what it is, but, you know, rookie fever at its finest. Uh, but I think Zach Evans is definitely a guy I'm targeting in the middle of the third if he falls that far. Yeah. And you look at, you know, the list here you got Rasheed Rice, Jaden Reed, Jalen Hyatt, similar draft capital. And what you're looking at with these guys, Cedric Tillman, Hyatt and Tillman were back-to-back in the third round. And Reed was an early, I believe an early third. No, Reed was not. Reed was a second-round pick. And so was Rasheed Yeah, he was super early. Yeah. And so, you know, what they said about Reed was that if he had a different quarterback, he would have been a first-rounder. And now the quarterbacks, the, the receivers in Michigan State are transferring. And it's, you know, this guy right here, is someone that, that will Brad and I will be definitely be keeping an eye on because we're a little different on, on Jaden Reed. Yep. And it all does tie back to Jordan Love. Regardless, Jordan Love is going to be the, the one that's going to be calling the shots there. But Jaden Reed, he's listed currently as the starting slot receiver for the Green Bay Packers. And I really, really like my rookies to start in the slot. It is an easy way to get PPR production. And it's an easy way to get open. And typically they're not going against the premier corners 
in in the league. Maybe not as prolific as far as touchdowns, but as far as getting the ball in their hands quickly. And this is a guy that can really create a lot after the catch. I want to talk about Sam Laporta. He goes to the Lions. The Lions are another team. Like we could talk about the Packers all day. We did that in the last episode. That depth chart is really weak. And they just added, you know, three three receivers and two tight ends because they had nothing. It's similar here for the Lions. They got Jamison Williams, who's been suspended for six games. They got Marvin Jones, like 34 years old. Tim Kennedy. They got, I think they got Khalif Raymond still and and uh you know Josh Reynolds, but it's pretty weak as far as the receiving core after you get past the Monroe St. Brown and James Williams. And it's no competition in the, in the Detroit lions tight end room. So this guy's going to start right away. And is he going to be an instant impact player year one? No tight ends. Just don't do that. But this guy could be a pretty good option for you. And you're getting him here at the beginning of the third round. What are your thoughts about that? That's, that's, that's lower than I've seen him in my drafts. Yeah, no, I I love it. He is he's one of my favorite tight ends. He was I, I want to say I had him at number two early on, maybe even yeah, it was number two early early on in the process, and things kind of fleshed itself out to to shifting down a little bit. But you're right, the opportunity is absolutely there. This guy is a really good pass catcher. He's a good tight end. He's got a little bit of blocking in him. Uh, you know, it's like everybody says, those Iowa tight ends, they know how to coach them up. Now, I do think there are some interesting sleepers uh, for the Detroit Lions. One in particular, Antoine Green. If you haven't read or looked into him, take a look Look at him. He was uh, Josh Downs' teammate at North Carolina. Uh, I think that's a guy that could be very interesting uh, as kind of a speed threat, especially with Jamison Williams out right now and could potentially carve out a little bit of a role for himself. But uh, to your point, there there is no one that's going to keep Sam Laporta off the field for at the tight end position. So I think it's a, a smash pick there in the third round if that's really where he's going, which like you, I, I've seen him go earlier than that. And the last guy in this slot I want to talk about was Chase Brown. And so Chase Brown's another guy that could instantly, instantly change value. And right now he's going at the beginning of the third round, sometimes the middle of the third. And that's just crazy. And and is he going to be, you know, year one instant impact? Maybe not. But he's the number two. And we've seen a lot. And especially if you have Joe Mixon on your team, you know what I'm talking about? Yep. Where Joe Mixon gets spelled quite a bit. And when you have... The number two option, which is most likely going to be Chase Brown, I don't think it's going to be Chris Evans or Travion Williams. Chase Brown walks into a great spot on one of the best offenses in football. And if Joe Mixon's suspended for a couple games, or they move on from him, or they move on from him next year, Chase Brown could be in line for a lot of work. And he doesn't have to do a whole lot because everyone is going to be scared of Jamar Chase, T. Higgins, and Tyler Boyd and Joe Burrow, and he's just going to run up the middle. And you're going to see a whole lot of points and a whole lot of touchdown opportunities for a guy that was one of the most productive backs in the country last year on a team that really had no option other than him. And you could, I mean, he had some times where it was nine guys in the box and he yep. still got, oh, yeah. still got a first down. I'm like, what is going on? So, um, but yeah, I think we've talked about this whole list pretty, pretty well. And uh, let's go to the, the next list before we get out of here. All right. Let's see. Oh, oh. 
I got the wrong screen up. There we go. You're good. <clears throat> so the next list we have um, this right here, I believe. Is it Brad? Is it 38? Uh, no, it should be 31, right? 31. Per group. Yeah. So Israel, Evan Aconda, you have Keishon Butte, Darnell Washington, Luke Schoon- Schoonmaker. You have Nathaniel Dell, Deuce Vaughn, Elijah Higgins, Michael Wilson, Dwayne McBride, Eric Gray. I do want to point out Elijah Higgins is being listed in here as a receiver. He is, he is being listed. He was called out as a tight end when he was drafted. And I, when I was at the combine, he told me he was moving either inside to, to a big slot or going to a tight end. They, they called him a tight end when they drafted him. And he could be an interesting guy, especially in your tight end premium leagues or your two tight end leagues. Higgins is a stash, especially once that, you know, converts over to tight end 240 pound guy. Uh, I mean, he's basically Evan Ingram, a little bit slower. He's not going to be a receiver in the NFL. Um, So what are your thoughts here at the top of the list? Uh, You know, Abinaconda, Butte, Washington, Schoomaker, any of these guys? I mean, I like the top two. I think Keishon Butte offers the biggest upside, right? Because he goes into a situation that I would argue doesn't have a true alpha in the New England Patriots when you look at Juju, uh, and that situation, Devontae Parker, like how, how does that situation roll out? I think Keishon Butte could end up being an absolute stud. We've seen um, uh, Juju, we've seen Bill Belichick really kind of make do with some of these uh, guys that haven't been able to keep it right on the field or had some off the field issues. And he's been able to kind of straighten them out. And I think this is a situation where Keishon Butte finds himself in an opportunity to really get some runtime in that offense. And then if I look at the bottom of the list, there's actually a guy that I think needs to be talked about more. And that is Michael Wilson, the wide receiver out of Stanford. It goes to the Arizona Cardinals in a situation where Devontae at, or Devontae Adams, um, um, DeAndre Hopkins is likely going to be out of town. If it doesn't happen this year, it's definitely going to be next year. And he could roll into a situation where he's the guy, right? They've got, I know they gave up a first round pick for Marquise Hollywood Brown, but Michael Wilson finds himself in a really, really nice situation. Look, Rondell Moore is not going to keep this guy off the field. He's going to get some opportunity and a little bit of a chance to shine this season for a little bit of playtime in future years after they decide to move on from DeAndre Hopkins and whatnot. And then the last guy I'll talk about is my tight end. And Dave totally understands this because I moved him up my draft board. He was low. I said, you know what? This guy's in the top five. He got to number five for me in tight end rankings. And where did he get taken in the NFL draft? He got taken as the number five tight end off the board. And that's going to be Luke Schoonmaker, now tight end for the Dallas Cowboys. And here's the reason I really like it. He's got a really good athletic profile. He's not a guy that's going to wow you or anything like that, but he really does fit into what I think the Dallas Cowboys are going to want to do. These guys like Jake Ferguson and Peyton Hendershot are not going to be guys that are able to athletically keep Luke Schoonmaker off of the field. So given that opportunity, he's going to be able to step in and say, Fill in the shoes of Dalton Schultz, who left for the Houston Texans just across the state a little bit. So I think Luke Schoonmaker going off this late, 
going after Darnell Washington is absolutely baffling to me. And to be honest, going after Luke Musgrave, I think, is surprising as well, at least for me because of the situation in Green Bay. So those are the guys that I'm I'm leaning towards, right? We talk about Keishon Butte in New England. We talk about Michael Wilson in Arizona. And we talk about Luke Schoonmaker in Dallas. You talk about Dwayne McBride? No, I talked about Michael Wilson. Yeah, Wilson's interesting. If you've not heard of him, he had a lot of injuries and struggled to stay on the field. But one of the more gifted players, an outside receiver, a big receiver. But um, yeah, it's we're gonna we're gonna have to have some in season bets. Uh, I came back just so you could you know throw some shade at, at Luke Musgrave. Um, Dwayne McBride, I think, is interesting with the Dalvin Cook situation. There's still rumors that he could be traded and he could be traded to the Dolphins, which would be very interesting with all the stuff we talked about with Devin A. Chain. But that could be very interesting for Dwayne McBride. If you have Alexander Madison and Dwayne McBride go in there. Um, oh, Broncos guy's ready to go. Let's go. He is. Yeah. Well, um, let's wrap it up. Let's talk Broncos, Marvin Mims. All right. Oh, you want to bring him on now? I thought we were recording a separate session with him. Let's let's record. That's why it I put it in the DM, like, hey, uh, let's, let's let's do a separate session here, and I'm going to cut out this this uh, part right here. All right, cool, cool. And we'll uh, go from there, and uh, hopefully, Bruni can cut out this uh, last part for us. Yeah, 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 appreciate you guys. Have a good one. Cheers.